Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochulillo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochulillo, and today our guest is Carter Bushhard. He has a book, I don't know if it's out yet or not, called Sasquatch, Evidence of an Enigma. Thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. Is the book actually out now, or is it scheduled to come out? It is out? No, it's out. Actually, of course, just to tell you something about my timing, I released the book March of last year, the very day they shut the country down. (laughs) (laughs) Timing was impeccable. I I wrote it, and I I started writing it in October of... uh, the year before, and I finished it, uh, you know, about uh, February or March, I released it. And then right in the middle, the pandemic, and they shut everything down and people were losing their jobs and have money to buy books or food or anything. So yeah, it's been out. And then, uh, yeah, it's uh, coming up on a, on a year, just about via March of uh, 21. Uh, right. So this is an amazing book. And the way it is written and the pictures in it, the presentation of the evidence that you gathered it is really great. It is okay. really a high quality book for any of my listeners. If they want something that's very visual and, and not just a bunch of uh, heady type of mumbo jumbo, this is definitely the book. I appreciate that. That's... A lot of went into it. I, I, uh... You know, I look at the, uh, I looked at the, uh, you know, Sasquatch books, and you know, everything's in black and white, and I just couldn't do it. But the, the cost on Amazon is prohibitive for a color book of just two hundred pages, just a few, few pages less. So I, I'm, I'm self-published, and I'm selling it myself. Now there's a black and white version uh, and a Kindle version on Amazon, which are much more reasonably priced. But to keep the price down, I, I'm selling the color ones out of my own website because uh, you know, I just can't see somebody paying 35 or 40 books, uh, 30, you know, 35, 40 bucks mm. for a book, you know, that's, you know, about Sasquatch. So I just, you know. <laughs> I guess this one's what, 22? This is what? 22 dollars yeah, from shipping. Yeah, you yeah. get for 22 bucks and about five to eight bucks shipping. Uh, it gets, you know, I, I fill it off my website. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, 22 bucks is, is, is fair price. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I would have expected it to cost more. Well, I didn't do it myself. I keep the cost down. So that's how you kind of get around that. <laughs> it was on, uh, you know, really, uh, if I sold it for 35 bucks, which I would have had to, I would have made about two bucks a book. And I'm not trying to get money. I'm not trying to get rich. You're never going to get rich writing books, but you know, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get the word out. So right. the best way to get the word out, that's what I did. So, so what got you started on uh, researching uh, Bigfoot? Well, uh, probably in search of with Leonard Nimoy. Yes, me too. Was I- my first indoctrination uh you know patty the patty film was out and i was aware of that like many 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 people Mm -hmm. it was a fake and a hoax at that time and of course now it's not 
but uh, that's kind of what got me going. And I, I, I'd always had an odd interest in unusual things. And I always thought there was something else out there to explore or to know. And I've always, I've just always been that way. And so I waited until I got out of high school and out of my rock and roll bands to really jump into it, you know, and I, I jumped into it. And I, it's, I'm not looking back. It's an awesome journey. Wow, that's great. That's, that's exactly the same as me too. I was a kid. I remember watching In Search Of was like my thing as a kid. Like I, I was fascinated by it. I, I mean, even like when I, every time it was on, even the reruns, I would just watch it because yeah. I was always like, wow, like, like this is what I want to do with my life. I want to find something that nobody knows about, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. that, that, that curiosity. And, it, and that curiosity is, Oddly enough, like here I am, fifty-three years old, and I still have that same curiosity that I had when I was eight or nine years old watching that show. Yeah, I'm. I've, I wake up excited almost every morning, and because I, I I dream about this stuff, I think about it. You know, I've got some really awesome stuff going on, and I can't wait to. You know, I I go to sleep dreaming about it and thinking about it, and what can I do to improve or. Uh, attack it from another angle then I wake up in the morning and I try to you know put whatever I came up with uh, to work mm-hmm. and uh, then start the process all over again you know the next day that's great um so so did you do you do you, uh do any research you, you do I know you do actually because I've re- looked at your book um re- you know actually actual field research oh yeah no I'm I'm one of the guys that's out there a lot um, I've had uh, close to a hundred reports published on BFRO, and out of those, I have probably met at least in person a third of them. Wow! I've I've I have a luxury of having you know uh, a job that I can do from home and whenever I want, and my phone is my office. I can take it anywhere. So. I've met a lot of these people and uh, it's it cements things and it clears things up one way or the other when you meet some of the witnesses uh, in person. So, uh, no, I'm out in the field quite often. I've got about a half a dozen areas just here in Kansas City that are just awesomely you know, active and within a two or three hundred mile radius, which I don't mind driving at all. Uh, I've got so much stuff going on, so many uh, habituation things going on. It's just, you know, I can barely, you know, I can barely contain myself sometimes when I'm thinking about it. <laughs> do you just sort of stick to North America or do you ever like go overseas, like looking for like a Yeti or your, a Yorin? Yeah, the yeah. No, I, I, stay, I stay with continental United States and I, you know, I work a, I've been other places, but I work a four state area. I work uh, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, I work any reports that come in uh, from any of those, you know, states. Uh, Missouri is my primary, but uh, you know, I, if you take all my reports and divide them all up, I probably had almost equal number of reports in each state. Uh, so I get around. <laughs> You know, out of the four say which which state would you say is the most active? Uh, probably, well, gosh, I don't know. It's uh, Missouri, uh, and then Oklahoma, uh, 
might be tied with Arkansas. And then actually Kansas is a pretty active and it's not a it's not a sexy state uh, Sasquatch wise. It's not like, you know, uh, the Pacific Northwest, you know, you've got the, you know, rolling plains and farmland and it just, it would not appear to be conducive to Bigfoot Sasquatch activity, but it is. And there's some really good creepy stuff going on there. It just, it doesn't appear so because the terrain is different. Well, the terrain is different. So the activity is a little different. The things that you would look for in one state uh, or region might be a little different because of the terrain. And Kansas is a good example of that. You know, it's, uh, and you hear all the stories about driving through Kansas to get to Colorado. It's, you know, 200 miles of nothingness, you know, mm -hmm. well, it's not nothing. There's stuff going on. There's swamps and marshlands and uh, a lot of Native American activity, a lot of, a lot of Native American tales and sightings uh, in, uh, in Kansas uh, and Oklahoma. So, they're all fascinating in their own way. So, so how how would a squatch sort of stay low and out of a you know out of human view in a place like Kansas where you know is a lot is flat? There's a lot of plains. Um, you know, there's not like you know is is not as far. I mean, I'm sure there's probably foresty areas, but um. You know, like in open areas, how, how does it, would a squad sort of stay out of human view? Well, but, you know, uh, uh, take, for example, the Flint Hills, the Flint Hills in Kansas. Um, mm. They just like like rolling hills, but they're actually quite tall and they're actually quite deep. So there's creeks and marshes and, and swampy areas, uh, wetland areas. And so they can get from point A to point B quite easily uh, following the waterways uh, in these, you know, flat areas that aren't really quite as flat as they appear and uh the corn fields you know the corn and soy fields i mean you know that you get seven eight foot tall you know corn uh there that's quite easy uh, to tra tra travel uh those fields yeah. you know and there's water nearby so they, i mean it's just, you know, they're adaptable, you know, whatever they're given, you know, <laughs> that's what they use and they do it quite well. So, uh, you know, don't count Kansas out. They've got some fact, <laughs> fact out of, uh, you know, I consulted on two of the Finding Bigfoot TV shows and uh -huh. one was Kansas and one was Missouri. Well, uh, the first one done was Kansas and then Missouri. You would think Missouri being, you know, far more forested mm -hmm. would be a, a prime choice, but it, it wasn't because uh, I was working a lot of reports and a lot of the people on that show were uh, from some of your, there, some of them were my witnesses from the report. So, uh, but they, uh, they make quite good use of what they are given. And um, so it's, you know, I, I'd never blow off any area. You know, you can't right. tell me that there's any area that's just, well, there's nothing there. Well, if you really look and look for some clues and look for you know, subtle or overt clues, they're there almost anywhere, you know, almost anywhere. And in those type of areas, like, what do you think they use for, like, uh, shelter? Um, do, do they hide, like, like in, the, in the marshes and make nests? Or is there any caves in that area for them to go into? Yeah, a little of everything is there's a lot of caves in Missouri. Missouri's got a lot of caves. I can't remember how many are in the cave system. There are, I knew somebody that worked in the cave uh, system department with the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation. 
and uh, there were 314 known caves, in other words, known to the public, and probably double that many that are just unknown. And they may not be so much more than about five or 10 feet deep and just, but it is a cave by virtue of definition. But uh, caves, uh, they build nests, and you got to keep in mind that they have uh, they have watchers. You know, so you know, if the squatch are sleeping during the day after a night of hunting, there's somebody up all day watching. And if they need to warn them and get them out of there uh, or create a distraction to get them, uh, get whoever's coming toward them, uh, be it human or animal, uh, divert them away from that area so they can get away and you know, create a diversion and everybody's good. So. Uh, but, you know, they can carve out the side of a riverbank, they can just make a nest, they can crawl into a cave, uh, sometimes, you know, just sleep out in the open. You know, you got a, a, a cornfield with four or five foot growth cornfield, squats can just curl up and go to sleep right in the middle. I mean, you know, you're never going to see them, you know. All right. Yeah, definitely they could hide in there. Of course, until a, a tractor comes by. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, corn. yeah. And then the squash has to get up and bolt. Yeah, they got to get up and run, but you know that's what the watchers are for. You know they're 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 you know watching them, and there's nothing you can't miss a combine coming at you. Uh, <laughs> you know, sound asleep, you know, I think. But you know they, they've got a system. You know it, it's not unlike you know humans would do. If you're you know out hiding and you're running from the law, uh, you're gonna keep your eyes peeled. You're gonna watch for it. You know. Uh, find a cave, find an abandoned house, a lot of abandoned farmhouses and, you know, old barns and stuff like that, uh, that make great hiding places, you know, and uh, they're so overgrown, nobody goes near them. Some people do, but um, there's all kinds of hiding places. And if you were, if you, Gary, were running from the law or mm-hmm. an ex-wife, um, <laughs> you'd find some place to hide and you'd be pretty good at it after a while. And, you know, <laughs> you know where to go and when to go and how to do it and how to get there and uh, so it, it can be done and they're masters of the forest they're masters of the uh, of the earth they know every inch of their terrain they know every inch of their hunting area and they know every inch of everything so them you know fighting uh, you know hiding from us is not a not a hard chore at all so it sounds like they're going to be, or we're talking about a creature that is highly intelligent, almost as intelligent as us. I'd say more in, more? in many aspects. Okay. You know, um, if you took a Sasquatch and myself and we went out into the woods, sun goes down, who's on top of the food chain all of a sudden? They are. Oh, they yeah. Can- See at night, we have to have night vision. We have to have a nice warm coat. We have to have a raincoat. We have to have, you know, goggles and uh, a gun and everything else. And they just run around the, the, the forest. They're the master of their terrain. So, you know, right off the bat, they, we're at a, an extreme disadvantage uh, when it comes to uh, you know, living off, off the land and in the land and with the land. Uh, we don't come close to them. Probably never will. We may have had that at one time. You know, humans probably have lost the ability to survive in the wild like they can do because we've progressed everything out of us. Our, you know, we rely on computers. We rely on cars. We have a nice cozy house. We got, you know, raincoats. We got food in the fridge. 
you know, they're out ripping deer to pieces and eating them raw and, and uncooked and no fire. And, uh, they got it made, you know, the, they're the masters of that universe. We have to come to them. They won't come to us. Uh, we have to go where they are and uh, we're already on their, on their turf. Yeah. So we're, we're already way behind the eight ball <laughs> right off the bat. So why do you, <clears throat> actually, well, that's why ask why, but do, do the, do you think they avoid humans on purpose? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of humans I don't even want to hang out with. You know? That's true. You know, we, we <laughs> rape and pillage the earth. We, we, we destroy everything. We soil everything. We build, we, you know, cut down trees. We hunt for recreation. We do everything that is, it's just the opposite of the way they live. You know, they, they worship the land. They respect the land. They respect each other. Uh, and they live off the land. They know how to do it, you know? And so, uh, we're at a definite disadvantage that way. And we may never get back to that, uh, level unless you can really become almost a hermit and live in the woods. If you really want to experience them, you, you probably gonna have to kiss humanity as you know, it goodbye for a good period of time. If you really want to get to know one, mm. you know, or a clan, I mean, that's just kind of how it works. So we could be hitting in that direction. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> of course, we're, we're speaking of, you know, all the stuff from Washington today, and which was unfortunate uh, and sad. Uh, and I think if they could see that, they'd be just laughing at us, stupid humans. God, yeah. you people, what the heck are you thinking? What are you doing? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Do, do you think the people in, in, in Washington and in government know about the existence of Bigfoot and hide it from the public? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I cannot be convinced any way, shape, or form otherwise of that. The government knows. The lumber companies know. The uh, paper companies know. Uh, the Forestry Service knows. I mean, there's so many tales and so many stories and they can't not know. We can't put a man on the moon and go to Mars without knowing what's going on here on planet Earth. I guarantee you they know. We just uh, are not worthy of knowledge. You know, I, I, I will bet every nickel I have and my firstborn and my onlyborn that, you know, they know and they're doing us a favor. They're saving us by keeping that information from us. Same thing with the UFOs, you know, they denied the UFOs forever and ever and ever and ever. They ridiculed people, <laughs> ruined their lives. Uh, and what, last year they go, oh yeah, they're real. Yep, they, found, they wait till 2020 to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, admit, yeah, to admit that there's UFOs, but they won't say, it, well, it's not aliens, but we don't think they're from this planet. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's insulting to, us as a as humans and as just fellow humans and people on the planet we deserve to know stuff and we already know it i mean we a lot of us know it think of all the people that saw ufos and reported them and they were ridiculed ridiculed and shamed and almost to the point of you know ruining their lives by you know ridiculing them put, put their name in the paper and you know bob jones saw a ufo and he's a nut and Oh my God, if you ever see that guy walk on the other side of the street because you don't want to have anything to do with him, you know. Well, 
that's been what 60 70 years let's see 1940s 30s i say 40s maybe, maybe when the disinformation started 40s when we made contact whatever that was so there's 60 70 80 years of ridicule and denial all of a sudden oh yeah they're here and it's going to be the same thing with sasquatch you know they're they already know and the technology is getting better the photos are getting a little better the dna and somebody's going to say something because they're tired of lying. Somebody within the government, some or a forestry worker, somebody. And so it's going to be the same thing. You go, oh, Sasquatch? Yeah, they're here. <laughs> but think of all the lives ruined by the ridicule and shame when people said, oh, there's Bob. He believes in Sasquatch right. and Bigfoot. He saw one of them, so he's nuts, you know, because uh, that's what humans do to other humans. You know, they ridicule and, and, and kill and hurt and other things to things they don't understand or don't believe in and so that's that's what's going to happen it's, it's going to it's going to come i just hope it comes in my lifetime I, you know, yeah i, think I know too. they exist i've seen them i know they exist and so and the people i'm talking to the witnesses i probably talked to 250 or 300 witnesses to get 100 reports published so those people aren't all bsing me they're not all lying or after something they're sharing something that affected them deeply to their core with me so they can get it off their chest and share it with the public you know and they don't want anything they don't want their name out there they don't want money fame fortune none of that they just want i want to talk to somebody who believes me and maybe can explain some of the things i've seen so uh, i think you know the, the the sasquatch are being denied until they think that we are worthy of knowing about it and I, I cannot imagine a scenario that would freak me out and make me wish I'd never heard of it. Right. <laughs> it's just just not possible. So so do you think the the cover up is just mainly for because they want to log and, and do all kinds of you know for resources basically you want to log, mine, whatever. The yeah, land. I think and if they find it, you know, if, if the if it's revealed that there's this uh, you know Squatch um, species in that area, and the it's a low population of them, so that, you know they're they're you know we're a threat to them, so we'd have to, you know, make it protected land, and then they wouldn't be able to profit off of it. You think that's most the main reason for it? That's that's probably about half of it. I think you know, uh, like you said, you know, because think you know, one of the most powerful lobby groups in the country would be the timber industry, the paper industry, and even the forestry service. You know, uh, we let somebody know there's Sasquatch in the woods, uh, our attendance will be way down. You know, we uh, we prove that there's a Sasquatch living, a, a relative of man or not, but a, a relative of sorts, uh, they're gonna shut down all the forest to protect their habitat. Well, there's billions and billions of dollars at stake. And that's unfortunate that it's about money. You know, half of it, I think, is it, simply about the money. You know, they want to they want to destroy their habitat and, you know, get the, you know, the lumber and the trees and the paper and all that kind of junk. Well, you know, uh, and the other half, I think, is probably something in the more of the, uh, you know, evolutionary or the, uh, what are they to us? Who are they to us? Who was here first? Were they here first? Were we here first? 
you know, are we the aliens? You know, there's all kinds of questions and they probably know all that, or they're very close to finding out. I think they know, and they don't feel we can handle the truth. You know, and the thing they said over, 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 and over and over, over the years was, you know, well, if it comes to fruition, that there is another civilization uh, or civilizations out in the universe and the galaxy and uh, the cosmos, uh, we can't handle it. We're not ready for it. You know, the, the earth will panic and go into a, a crisis mode and uh, there'll be revolution everywhere. Well, uh, they just admitted UFOs are uh, real and well, I don't see any of the revolution and all the uh, you know public chaos over that <laughs> that disclosure. It barely made the news. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, well, tell me something we don't know because you know we're not stupid. So it, you know the, the old axiom, knowledge is power, is absolutely true. You know we know something you don't, and even if you think you know it, and you probably do, we're going to deny it uh, until we're ready to. Uh, you know, we're through monetizing it or whatever the other you know, philosophical or, you know, religious reasons that they have for you know, keeping this stuff from us. It, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, have you seen one? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you, have you yourself seen or heard one? No, but I would love to. Yeah. Well, you, you get out and, you know, do some extra, there's all kinds of people in your neck of the woods that probably be glad to have you to take you out there. Yeah. I, I, I was invited to go down to, um, like central Florida. Um, and, and they had some really good reports and some good evidence called down there of a skunk ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the guy? Robert Robinson was his name. Yeah. He was on a monster quest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it all sort of just depends on, on time and money right now. See how oh, things sure. play out. And, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to just be able to, spend the rest of my life living out in the woods looking for squatches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you got to pay the bills, you know, and, and I get it, but you, it would really only take a day or a night to have one experience that would twist your head off of your body and you would just go, oh my God, you know, and, and so some things are explainable, many things aren't. And let's say you don't see one, but you hear one, you feel one, you see their structures, their prints, their nests, uh, things of that nature. All you got to do is look around and get, get some of these clues and you'll suddenly be going, oh my gosh, there is something to that. They, they, who's doing, is somebody running around the entire universe, the entire world, <laughs> pranking people with structures and and whoops and footprints and no come on it's a stupid so you know you'll have your time and you'll be going oh god (laughs) this is awesome it's just an awesome realization to realize there's a a humanoid creature that we may or may not be related to i i I, I definitely believe that that is you know i have no doubt Mm -hmm. honestly there's there's too much evidence I mean, there's there's more evidence for 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 Bigfoot and Sasquatch um, than there are for for some of the things that other that people believe are real. Yeah, yeah, and you have to re- remember that you know science requires evidence. Well, what they consider evidence uh, is not what we consider evidence because they deny everything we throw at them: you know, DNA, footprints skeletons, nests, howls, recordings, 
That's not evidence. Mm -hmm. So in my book, uh, and the one I might be working on, I, I strongly suggest we have to create our own evidence that meets our standards because science is one of our enemies because they want such particular and specific you know, they want a body. They need a type specimen. Well, we don't have one. We don't have one. I guarantee you the government's got probably, you know, hundreds of them, you know, and they've disposed of them. So they want a type specimen. Without a type specimen, we're just whistling up the wrong truth. Uh -huh. They totally blow us off. Well, what you call evidence and what we have to call evidence because you totally ignore us and blow us off, we're going to have to create our own evidence that we as a group uh, accept and hold as good evidence for our purposes until we do get a type specimen you know uh, they shoot hole and holes in dna studies that we've come up with and there's some really good people that are really working very hard on um, dna studies uh, within you know the sasquatch uh, field uh, others with audio others with video and i've got some good photos uh, of course i don't post them because I don't want to listen to all the garbage that you get. Well, that's not real. You know, why is everything a blob squatch? Why don't you get a good photo? Well, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, you know, um, and it's mostly a spur of the moment and you're caught off guard, you know, right. they're aware of trail cams. They know what they are. Uh, and when you stick one in their living room, if someone was to go to a, to Gary's house and stick a trail cam up in the corner of your living room, how long would it take for you to, to figure out there's a camera in your, in your living room? <laughs> Not long at all. So there you go. So, you know, the, the woods, if you have an area they live in, or even a, a large area that they use as their, their hunting area, uh, they know every inch. I literally, they know every inch. And you stick a trail cam up there, not only are they going to see it, but they already know what it is. They know it's, it's got this big round eye that is sometimes as big as their eye, it's staring right at them. I'm going to avoid that. I can probably hear and smell the electronics of the batteries. Uh, so I already know to avoid that because that's a, a human thing. Mm -hmm. you know? and I think they know exactly what they are. You know, they know our intent when we go out and do that stuff. They, you know, they're very, very evolved, very, very intelligent. So um, you know, it, it, that's why it's it, it, our evidence it's going to have to do for us until we can do something better. And every time we give it to science or, or, or post it somewhere and want science to agree, they just, they just blow us off. They laugh at us Yeah. You know? because you know, it, they're part of the problem. I think they are hiding the secret is as much as anybody else. So they, they say that the uh, Smithsonian, um, or is it the museum of natural history? I forget which has, has, um, skeletons of you know <clears throat> they call them giants yeah but i mean is a possibility that they're not giants that they're just squatches yeah well they're you know but you know the native americans yeah i'll go back one one second here on the uh, uh cameras the native americans i remember reading this when i was a kid and that's one of the things that got me going uh, Native Americans did not did not like cameras because they thought that the camera stole your soul because mm -hmm. they knew how they worked and then when they saw a picture of themselves, uh, some of them were shamed. Some of the you know the, the Native Americans were shamed because uh, that camera stole your soul. Look at you. you there's a there's a 
a picture of you. How does how has that happened? How is that there? Because they didn't understand the technology. But I think because the uh, Sasquatch and the Native Americans, I believe, as do many others, that they had a symbiotic relationship going back hundreds and hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Absolutely. And, you know, they spoke probably common languages or they understood each other, however you want to say it. And I think that knowledge or that belief that that camera was a bad box, a square box with, a, with an eye on it that steals your soul and puts your, put your picture on a piece of paper. And so I think that ideology was easily transferred to the Sasquatch. And so they know what they are. And they actually can probably sense our purpose by putting a camera up out there. It doesn't shoot anything. It doesn't kill anything. It doesn't pollute, but it takes pictures and they just know what it is. And so they avoid it. So, but I think, you know, I think with a symbiotic relationship with Native Americans, what have you among other things they learned that the camera is no good so uh, but I, you know they know they're there and they know what they're there and that's why with rare exception there are some pretty good trail cameras i mean they're a little blurry but it's obviously an ape-like humanoid human-like creature staring into that camera you see it you see them every now and then you'll see yeah. a photo one bending over looking right into it i've got a yeah i see i see some good eye shine pictures yeah i mean they're 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 there and so you see that and they every now and then it's just like humans you know there's a there's a dumbass in every crowd you know well there's going to be a dumbass sasquatch in every crowd hold my beer (laughs) i'm going to go look in this box and nothing's going to happen and well nothing happens but you hear this click and boom you're famous because you're on the internet you know, <laughs> you know, we told you not to do that but you did it you know it's the same thing with the human there's always you know there's a guy that says hold my beer watch i can do this i'm gonna you know, drive your car at me i'm gonna jump up and jump over your car and you're never gonna touch me you know and so there's, there's a guy in every crowd and there's gonna be a sasquatch in every crowd that's gonna be the one uh we always thought sasquatch joe was kind of a fool and look at that he went down his picture so, um, so we got like the short bus squatch. Yeah, you got the short bus squatch, you know. So, I mean, and no offense to the short bus guys, you know. But, you know, it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of laughing at it, but I'm, I'm kind of serious, you know. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's a real thing. And you, if you reduce them to having human-like qualities, which I think they do in a way, uh, you can find more common things that you, you know, may have in common with them, you know, thought-wise, mm-hmm. action-wise. Do, do you think that, um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned about like what came first here on this planet, them or us, do you think there is a relationship between Sasquatch and the, uh, the, the skulls that were found in Paracas, the, the Paracas skulls that were found in Peru? You know, that I don't know because those skulls are so misshapen. You, you're talking about the Alongo, the yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's like definitely not human because it, it's missing that seam that we have down the middle. Yeah, but the hair is very similar on some of those skulls. You know, some of them have hair still attached. Mm-hmm. Some of the hair is very human-like. Yeah, it looks right. just like. But they say uh, Sasquatch DNA is coming up very human too. Like. Almost like a chimpanzee is like 99% human. Yeah, there's only uh, up to about 5% of, of DNA that separates us from most of the animal world. You know, cow, why are we, you know, putting a pig uh, heart or 
in a human? Mm -hmm. Well, because it's compatible and there's not that much DNA difference. And when you think of, you know, cattle, you know, uh, there's not that much difference, you know, anywhere from five to 10% DNA, sometimes only 2%. So it's that little bit of DNA that keeps us from being like everybody else. It keeps the, the gorillas and the apes and the chimps and the bonobos and orangutans and uh, all the others from being exactly like us. It's, there's not that much. If you would get into uh, maybe some intervention for from out, uh, out of the cosmos, uh, alien living beings, whatever, coming here and tweaking us a little bit here and there because they don't like the way we're progressing, uh -huh. you know, uh, then suddenly you've got you've got you've got the, the well-balanced uh, forms of life on the planet that we have now so uh, there's all there's all kinds of theories to it you know but the, the bottom line if there's only a few percent percentage points of dna separating us from everybody else boy do we got some learning to do you know i mean <laughs> how can that be so infinitesimally different yet so amazingly similar you know, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's bizarre. It's fascinating, you know? Yeah. And, and, and just to think like we're, we're, we're eating animals that are like three or 4% different than us. It's almost like cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is in a way. And, you know, and then you get into the, you know, well, I'm never eating meat again and all that. Well, you know, we were born and raised on the diets we have, and it's really hard to change that. Although you can, people come, you know, vegans and, uh, vegetarians and uh, minimalist uh, intake of foods that are, you know, meat-based. It's all plant-based now. A lot of people want to do uh, plant-based stuff. So, yeah, you might be eating, you know, your third cousin 15 times removed. You don't know. You know? Hmm. Um, so, so I know one of the things that you bring up in your book, and I know also Ron Moorhead talks about it, is the idea of the uh, Sasquatch having some quantum abilities. Yes. And so here's my theory on uh, quantum physics, quantum science, quantum math, is that um, these creatures might have these skills. They may have the ability to cloak, to slip from dimension to dimension. Uh, mind speak, uh, all kinds of things that we are told can't exist. And that's what I'm working on in this other book, which I don't know if it's going to become a book yet or not, uh, but it's, I'm working on it. But, you know, we're taught from an early age that this kind of stuff just can't happen. Doesn't happen. Can't happen. Won't happen. Doesn't exist. Well, how do you explain thousands and thousands of people of reporting the same thing other than I saw a Sasquatch cross the road. You take out the 50% of all sightings are Sasquatch crossing a road. That literally is about right. I saw one crossing the road or walking along the highway. That's that's 50%. So you take out those and you've got the rest that are almost interpersonal uh, interactions with these creatures. Mm -hmm. And are we going into shock and therefore we think they disappeared. We think they're speaking to us because we're seeing something physically in front of us 
or in, you know, 20, 30 feet away or even 50 yards away. And well, that doesn't exist. Oh my God. And you freeze and you panic and you don't know what to do and you blink and it's gone. Well, did you blink more than once or twice? Did you look away for a second? You look back and it was gone because they're fast. They are super fast. They, they travel on two legs. They travel on arms and legs. They get down on all fours and they squat. It's a very odd uh, picture. If you can picture a eight foot, nine foot tall creature on its hands, and I'm speaking literally hands and feet, not hands and knees, it's hands and feet with the butt up in the air running as fast as any sprinter can. So are we going into shock and think that they just disappeared or do they really have that? And I think it, because so many people are seeing these things, they can't all be going into shock. I think there's something to some of that. We have to, my point is we need to consider almost everything we see or hear unless we know exactly because if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say well that ain't possible that's not possible so that must be a hoax because they couldn't disappear i heard this voice in my head telling me it's okay well that's that's baloney that can't happen you know i'm not crazy so uh, that that's a hoax and that's what happens with researchers you know researchers are uh discarding that stuff now less and less are but I, I believe it's entirely possible, unless you can prove that it's impossible, mm -hmm. because we have to create our own science. We have to consider it. Don't necessarily believe it. In the book, I got my Brussels sprouts theory. You may not like Brussels sprouts and put them on your plate, you know, take a bite if you don't like it. Well, put it away. You know, throw <laughs> it away, take it back to the kitchen. But at least you had it on your plate, at least you're considering it. Right. Because otherwise, it, and science is the same way. Science, unless you just have a really uptight, closed-minded paradigm, uh, you're going to have to boil everything down and see what's left to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that something's real. And so if you don't do it with Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Sasquatch beings, research, you're being an idiot. You're not doing yourself or anybody any favor. You're never going to get to the answer. You know, well, I never, I never thought of that. Well, think of it. You, you know, it's there. You just, you know, and everybody has your own mind made up on, on certain things already, you know, but uh, I've seen some things. I saw one vanish on my thermal camera one night. It just turned into a puff of smoke and was gone. And that's nothing other than what it is. It's my reality. You know, right. if you, uh, Gary, went out and saw something, you saw a UFO, you saw something and you know you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. You weren't smoking the good stuff. You weren't drunk. You were, <laughs> you know, not on medication that creates hallucinations. And you saw it and you're with your wife or spouse or friends or a few other people. They all saw it and you saw it. So that's everyone's reality. You can't take that away. That happened. You may not be able to explain it, but you know what you saw, you know, and that's your personal thing that no one, you know, people can, you know, soil your nest yeah. and make fun of you and ridicule and go, oh, so Gary, oh my God. yeah, Gary, good God, stop it. You know, but that's the thing with the, the quantum uh, uh, science in, uh, in quantum math and quantum physics is that 
there are 11 to 14 dimensions that science will admit to and possibly up to 21. So how do we know something can't slip between dimensions? Because you, science tells me, show me. Yeah. Show me they can't do it. Show me they can do it. You're just telling me, so I'm supposed to believe you? Right. And, and one of the things like like that you point out about the quantum physics that I think about sometimes is... I do a lot of episodes about our body experience and astral travel and like things like that. What if these creatures astral travel here? Could it be? They, they live on another dimension. And this is like, like, like their version of astral travel is coming to Earth, where our version of astral travel is going to you know some other dimension that has a little bit further out than us. Yeah, it's and, possible. Yeah, and they're just popping out. Like they could be sleeping somewhere and actually not even being a, be aware that they're traveling here. Yeah, well, they're asleep and they get up, go go to the bathroom, and they end up in Mark Twain National Forest in in Missouri. Yeah, how'd that happen? What the hell? <laughs> I was asleep. I was yeah. watching TV. You know, ah. but it it can be. And here's the thing that you know I like about the quantum quantum theory can only be proven with mathematics and the only way once it's accepted in the scientific world that this theory this quantum theory is true whatever it is the only way to disprove it is with more math so it can't be disproven simply because well we just don't believe that we we disagree well Scientists, your own flesh and blood buddies, you know, that are sitting in their ivory towers, uh, come up with a quantum theory that they all agree on. It's, you know, someone gets a paper published and, you know, their professor, uh, uh, professorship is furthered for the rest of their lives and they, they, they're published and everything's great. Well, you can only disprove that with math according to the quantum theory. So, you know, good luck disproving it when everybody says, well, we just proved it. We're not going to, we can't disprove it uh, with just science Bob telling me it, it, it can't be. Okay. And that's a, that's a, it's just a fascinating thing. And so uh, with the uh, Sasquatch that I was observing on an expedition, mm -hmm. I was uh, scanning the area with my thermal, I quit recording because like everybody else, I'm trying to save my batteries and I'm just recording, you know, forests and squirrels and raccoons running around at night, at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Well, that's not really exciting, you know? So you, you just turn the recorder off, but you're still scanning and viewing everything. Well, this, I, I saw a, a squatch. It came out of the, the around a, cor a corner of a trail and one step, two step, third step, poof. It just vanished and I watched it. It was like somebody blew a smoke ring in the shape of a Sasquatch. It would just vaporize. It just, you know, you, you've seen thermals where it's yeah. just a heat signature. It's a solid mm -hmm. heat signature of a humanoid shape. And boom, it just, it, it's like someone turned the light up, but there was a ring around the entire creature, just like a smoke ring. It's just like a white thermal outline of the creature. And then it dissipated and, and it was gone. So what is that? Is, is it faulty equipment? No. Is, is it me, uh, you know, smoking dope or drink? No. I'm leading an expedition. I'm, 
I never do that stuff. And so then you have to go, I can't even talk to some of these people I'm with because they're uptight, negative, you know, goobers that don't believe this stuff. You know, I'm talking about researchers. I'm not talking about the people I was leading. I'm talking about researchers. You know? Right. That they go, oh, yeah, that don't happen. You know, quarter, that just yeah, it can't happen. That ain't, you just must have been seeing things. Well, no, it happened. It's my reality, you know. And I'll go to my, you know, I'll I'll swear on a stack of Bibles, and you know, I, I've seen three of them at night. I've never had my daylight sighting. I'm really wishing. Of course, I may get what I wish for, and I probably may may regret it. I doubt it, but you know, I've not had the clear uh, daylight sighting like so many have. Uh, I'm just waiting my turn. Uh, but, you know, it, there's so many other things that lead to the existence of these creatures that if I never see one, I don't need to. And many don't because there's other things they leave behind and do that tell you well, that is that can't be anything but, you know, this, this or this. And you can eliminate everything. It's the Occam's razor thing, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, the simplest explanation is usually the best. And so that's, that's how I, I rule my world is, you know, well, I, I'm, and I do, I shoot holes in all my theory. I, I will, I'll be the first one to dissect everything I do. And I try to find a way to explain it away. And if I can't, then I'm hooked. I'm, I'm on it. I'm, mm -hmm. that, that is my, that is my mantra, unless I can prove it later by, you know, continually, you know, keeping an open mind and looking at everything, nearly everything that comes at me. And I'm always trying to disprove my stuff because, right. you know, I want to learn. You have to be open-minded enough to find fault with your own stuff. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how many researchers are not and how many disrespect the witnesses and uh, I'll have to send you this little video I made on YouTube channel about my belief that we need to nurture and respect the witnesses above everything else other than the physical evidence we might happen to find but these people are telling us things that they wouldn't even tell their spouses I mean you know because it's so embarrassing they, you know, the ridicule and the shame uh, especially from the community community and co-workers especially in the rural areas you know uh, how, you know, small town, you can yeah. get ostracized real easy. If you're known <laughs> as the, uh, you know, uh, John and Martha there saw Sasquatch, they got Sasquatches living on the property. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the town wacko here. We'll see. Well, good for you. <laughs> Wear it proudly. Get a t-shirt. You should do that, you know. <laughs> Everything imaginable. Town wacko. Yep. Yeah. Be me. Have an arrow pointing from your chest up to your face, you know. Uh, but you, but you have to, you have to entertain virtually everything you come up with or come across. You can discard it later, but you can't throw stuff out just because, well, that ain't right. That ain't real. Ain't, ain't no way that can happen. Well, you know, ain't no way we're going to travel to Mars and put a rover on there. We're getting pictures back and, you know, no way we're going to go to the moon. There's no way we're going to do all kinds of things. No way we're going to shoot a Hubble telescope into what, four, five billion miles away and it's still sending us pictures. You, you, you know, it, it, ridicule and shaming that stuff just doesn't make sense, you know, and it's, it's, it's really embarrassing, especially when it comes from within the Sasquatch community itself, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of closed minds there. Uh, it, it's changing. Yeah. But it's in all those communities, really. It's in a, um, 
I've come across it in the Bigfoot community, the UFO community, even the occult community has like, there's just people that, you know, view yeah. things one way and that's it. There's nothing but their way or no, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's what I openness. say and what I do. I see, but what they see and what they've experienced, that's their reality. Right. And it's true for them, but to discard everybody else because, well, I've got my answer. You're wrong. I'm right. Well, that's baloney. That's just, it's, it's crap. And that's why the Sasquatch world uh, is very disjointed. Everybody wants to be the first. Everybody wants to be more important than everybody else, you know, and that's why there's no sharing. And that's why there's all these haters and trolls on the, you know, the Facebook, you know, Sasquatch pages and all these other places and, and podcasts. They just dis everything and they make fun of it and half of it is because they're nervous and they don't have an answer but they're gonna it's not what they would probably believe and so they're gonna just blow you off because they don't have something that they like better so it's just it's a it's a mess you know and it's it's really hard i would love to share stuff but uh you know the first time you share stuff and somebody dumps on you that's the last time you share stuff (laughs) Because it's not worth it, you know, it doesn't get anything accomplished, you know, you're not going to convince me I'm wrong, you know, I may not be, I may not be, there are no experts, let me do this, there's no experts, there is absolutely not one Sasquatch expert, there's people that know more than others, Mm -hmm. there's people that have had more experiences than others, but there are no experts. Not even Matt Moneymaker? Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) He's been around longer. He has had a few more experiences, perhaps, uh, but he's not an expert because, you know, I, I, you know, uh, I don't believe some of the things he believes. I, you know, I disbelieve some of the things I, I see in here, uh, but that's just me. It's my, my personal stuff. You know, I know what I, you know, I believe it is quite possible they have other aspects of skill sets uh, abstract quantum, even if you want to call it paranormal, or really, you know, actually paranormal, I used to think it was a dirty word or actually paranormal is outside of the normal. So if they have paranormal powers, that not, doesn't mean like ghosts, right. they can walk through a brick wall, but it means that it's outside of the ordinary. So maybe they can do some things, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and so, uh, we all have our opinions. Nobody's, you know, or, or or it could be all of the above. I mean, there yeah. could be different species of these creatures that are capable of different things. Yep. I mean, could just be. like just like humans. Yeah. I mean, there, there there's different groups of us that are good at different things. You got one group that are good at working car on cars, and yeah, you got, you got these other guys that are like, you know, engineers, and maybe only some of them have these powers. Yeah, but not all. And they're the guardians of the power. And maybe it's, as in the Native American culture, these powers are passed down, you know, from the chief and the the leaders. uh, And the the kids are groomed to take over for the elders when the elders pass. So only certain people, you know, and and it's same, you know, with the, the African tribes, you know, they, they have powers and chiefs and shamans and only certain people are qualified to carry on the tradition when those people pass on and they are groomed from 
childhood. So it could be, it's the same thing with uh, Sasquatch beings is that certain ones have the powers and that those powers are passed on and uh, they're trained as they're growing uh, to be able to uh, have these powers and pass them on to the next generation. Right, because you, know? right, you, can't, you can't put all humans into the same square hole and why would we expect the same of a Bigfoot? Yeah, no, I think there, there's a, quite a diverse, uh, you know, uh, hierarchy, you know, I mean, yeah. there has to be, you know, and of course, you know, people right now are going, oh, yo, brother, oh, God, you really, seriously, dude, come on. But, you know, in the animal kingdom, there's hierarchy. Mm -hmm. There's the, the pride of lions. There's a leader. And, and it, it, elephants, any, any animal, you know, whales, dolphins, there's, you know, a, a leader. There's, there's one that kind of is the boss. And that's just the way it is. And I can't imagine it's not somewhat similar um, of course, different aspects, but, you know, I, I can't imagine that that, uh, I have to consider that that's a possibility. Why not? It, it's, you know, you just can't have a closed mind in any of this kind of stuff. Where would we be if we had a closed mind, you know, you know, and they, they communicate to each other and they're doing it right in front of our faces, you know, with structures and uh, a language of sorts, uh, gifting, uh, rock stacking. Uh, and that's one thing that I'm, I'm working on now uh, I had a, a very awesome uh, gifting experience, and it goes way beyond a couple of rocks stacked on, uh -huh. on the ground. It's like what happened? Uh, that takes some thought. Okay, I'll do it real short, but you know, uh, we got all night. Yeah, well, I, I, I led an expedition uh, 2019 uh, in another state, uh, Illinois. And uh, we had a lot of structures. We took uh, four or five footprints, two of which I'm pretty sure are non-human. Uh, but anyway, when I took the group out, we find a footprint. And then we find another one. Then we find another one. Uh, we cast them, and it was such a uh, reclusive area just nobody goes to because nobody in, in this little area we went to nobody but nobody went out there at night they were scared to death there's something weird in that, those forests nobody in town even the baddest mo most macho hunter man or woman they would not go out there in dark because there's something out there we don't like we don't get it we, we're spooked we don't go there so anyway I decided, well, that's where I'm going to take my expedition. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> stupid not to. I mean, God, thank you for the hint. So we go out there. We go back the next day. And this is over a two-day period. But what I'm getting at, we had three prints. There were three trees pushed over within 10 to 20 feet of each footprint. They weren't there that day. We cast them. They were there the next day. Somebody was not happy we were there. So we went out at night and uh, we were watched, we were followed, they were throwing little sticks and twigs at us. And it was an awesome experience, but they, you know, they weren't knocking, they weren't uh, howling, uh, you know, whooping, they were making no verbal uh, or overt signs other than throwing little rocks and twigs. But it was pitch dark and 
the stuff was coming at us out of the wood. And we were in a real deep ravine and it was probably 20 to 25 feet deep. So you look straight up and the, you could hear the, whatever it was moving around up there. Well, we got to an area where there's a, a tree pushed over and that was my goal was to get to this tree push because it completely blocked the ravine and we had to, you had to, had to climb over it with some help because it was a big, big tree, probably uh, two and a half, three feet uh, in diameter. It was a big one, like probably a 40 foot, 50 foot tree. So uh, when we got there, uh, I was getting frustrated because they weren't letting us know they were there other than you could hear them moving around. So I let out a Ron Moorhead right off of his uh, Voices in the Wilderness <laughs> CD, the best Chinaman chatter with some Native American words thrown in. And I did it in a real, I, I, did, I did the whole thing and the woods erupted. Uh, you could hear them stomping around, bipedal walking. They were all like running up and getting, and they were over there. Remember, we're in a ravine and they're like overlooking down on us. We could mm -hmm. hear them, but they were doing nothing. They were just there. You could sense it. You could hear it and feel it. But of course, you couldn't see anything. And so uh, we decided at that point, uh, I had a person that I felt was a weak link and I did not want to risk everybody else going further because they all wanted to go on further past this big tree fall. And it was pitch black as by 11 o'clock at night, 1130. And I said, you know, but everybody agreed, hey, we got our money's worth. This is awesome. We're just, we're, this is great. Let's, let's go on. Well, I, I had this one person with me, so I, I just didn't want to risk it because I figured if something got really gnarly, this person might panic and run and hurt themselves or hurt others in their haste to get out of the way. So I, I, I made, it was a reluctant thing, uh, which I regret, but I'll tell you why I don't now. So we went back and it was awesome. October of last year, this was two, uh, 2019 when I led the expedition. So 2020, me and a fellow uh, researcher, we went back and I wanted to see how the place had changed. It, it was exactly a year. It was October of uh, 2019. I led the expedition. October 2020, me and my uh, the Sasquatch and buddy, we went back. Okay. Uh, just, just us. And we went and revisited because I wanted to see, you know, if there's any more prints and tree pushes and stuff like that. Now, remind you, remember, three trees had been pushed over. They weren't there the day before. They were pushed over where we were looking at each of these prints. That's not a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. They pushed those trees over because they weren't real happy. We were, you know, they're probably more pissed off that they uh, made footprints and left them behind for the humans to see than they actually were pissed off at us being there. But be that as it may, they push trees over. And, and so that is a sure sign that somebody's watching. I've, I've had that happen so many times and people listen to this will go, well, I, I know what he's talking about. I've seen that. So we go back uh, this past October and we go down there and we see the three trees that we were pushed over uh, in 2019. And right before we got to the log, there was two massive trees that made this one look like a twig. They were pushed over. Now, the, the three trees that were pushed over, they were all pushed over from the same side. 
which is telling. Mm -hmm. The two giant trees that were pushed over later, they were from the different side. So you've got five trees pushed over, blocking our path or trying to block our path to go further on. So we see these two other trees and this one guy that I took with me, he's the one person who stayed behind on the expedition. Uh, the first night he stayed behind to kind of keep his uh, eye on the car. Uh, we had, you know, one car with uh, six of us. Mm -hmm. So he stayed back at the trailhead while we all went on down, had that experience with the uh, creatures watching us. He's the same guy that I took with me back in, you know, this, this past October. And so we went down there and we saw those trees pushed over and it was like, okay, well, and he had not seen that. He'd seen pictures, but he hadn't experienced it. So he saw it and he's going, wow. Okay. So uh, I'd taken a couple of cameras with me, uh, trail cams to put up at this spot because I really like it. I was going to come back the next morning and get them. So uh, I put the trail cameras out. I go back the next morning and this is right in the middle of a pandemic. So this is a Tuesday and a Wednesday we went. Mm -hmm. uh, we went Tuesday. I went back Wednesday and to retrieve the cameras after he and I had been there. I went uh, over the tree and the tree that had been blocking had been cut in half, but it'd been cut in thirds. You know, they took the middle section right out. And I know why it was done. Hunters did it. Uh, when I went back uh, to retrieve my cameras uh, in 2019, I saw a hunter. Hunting season opened up. So I know the hunters probably cut those trees, uh, that one tree, to uh, get their kill out because that's a real hot area. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I, what I know happened is because they were cut with saws that somebody wanted to get, you don't want to haul a 200 pound deer uphill on rocky terrain. <laughs> uh, rather you want to take your four wheeler down there, get the logs out of the way. It was unmovable. So they brought a chainsaw and cut it. You know, it's not that I haven't seen that before. Right. Anyway, I, I go back to retrieve my camera and there are, Five, there are rocks gifted on all of the uh, logs that had fallen, the big trees that had fallen and had been cut. There were rocks, gifting rocks on each tree. They weren't there the day before when we went down there to set the cameras. They magically appeared 19 hours later. And here's the weird part. There were six people on the expedition, it was a real small group. There was four small rocks and one big rock on one end of the tree. At the other end of the tree was one rock. There was six people. Six the big rocks. rock was there. Were, the big rock was me. Right. The four rocks behind it are the four expedition goers. And the one left behind. Absolutely. Now, he stayed back at the car the first night. He stayed at camp the second night, because very often when you go out at night and leave camp to go out on a night op, a lot of times Sasquatches will come visit the camp when you're all gone, or they think you're all gone. You get a lot of activity. So he stayed back. And so the five rocks and the one rock, me with the big rock as a leader, four rocks behind it, 
and then him on the other end. I don't care what you say, that's counting. And they were telling me they were watching and they knew uh, that, <laughs> I mean, I get chills just talking about it because it's like, it was just so obvious. Yeah, and incredible. on another log, there was two rocks, kind of a really a, a big kind of round one and a smaller round one. Now my partner, he's short and squat. I'm, I'm tall and more slender. You know, I've got some COVID weight, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tall and skinny and he's kind of short and round. Uh -huh. The rock, there was a big round rock and then there was a smaller rock. I don't care what anybody says, they were showing us two together and one was a different size than the other. I even took the rocks to my car and I dusted them for prints and there were none. So either they picked them up gingerly or you know, the prints just didn't take, you know, mm -hmm. but these appeared overnight. Now, this is COVID. It's a Tuesday and a Wednesday when we went. Uh, I left around two o'clock. He and I left at two o'clock on a Tuesday. I went back at eight o'clock on the way back here to, to Kansas City uh, to pick up my cameras. There was an 18 and 19 hour uh, time frame for somebody human to have come, gifted those rocks or late, left them there and left. Well, they probably, since it was October, uh, I left at two, you probably had three, maybe four hours of sunlight left. The odds of somebody or bodies coming out there in the middle of the week during a work week, even though it's COVID, and doing that and then getting back and beating me, you know, uh, before I get back out there at eight o'clock, because that's when I got there at eight o'clock, because I had a long drive back to Kansas City, it's five, six hour drive. The odds of that happening are just not all that great. It's possible, and but not likely. It just the the numerology of it is just fascinating that those six people that five on one end and one on the other because my partner was away from the group both nights but they memorialized his existence by putting a rock at the other end i, I there's probably other explanations but if you just go with the time frame and everything else nothing else nothing else computes that is what it was i wonder how they knew you were coming back well they might not have known i was coming back they might have seen us right the day before on tuesday they might have seen us during broad daylight on tuesday and when i came back to get my cameras there's all those rocks hmm. what the heck you know you just you can try to explain it away and i tried to I, you know i'm what I, I i start i memorialize this by i was just going to write this up well 25 pages later i finally have it and i was like well that's that's 25 percent of a book that's 15 percent of a book <laughs> i might as well just start writing a book so i but i don't know if it's going to be a book or not because i have a lot of other things to put but what would you think if that happened to you? What would you be thinking? Uh, definitely, one, I would definitely recognize that as some type of communication and acknowledgement that they knew you were there. Yeah. 
And, and, and like you said, it shows that they know how to count. Yeah. Uh, it shows that there was probably more than one because they were able to know that uh, there was some going off looking and one staying behind. So there may have been another one watching the camp while you guys are out exploring. Yeah. Uh, it says a lot. <laughs> it says a lot. And in the book, I don't know if you've got to that part, uh, but they can count. I've had half a dozen uh and a lot of people believe or know they can count but I, I i i specified some specific things with eight ten twelve witnesses because they were all there and they were some of the ones that were being counted you know uh we run an expedition up in the uh, michigan and north and the upper peninsula and there was um 11 of us and we we're walking down a uh a, a forest trail at night night op is you know pitch dark and uh, oftentimes, you know, uh, when you're doing these, uh, a couple of people will peel back to see if you're, you're being uh, paralleled or followed, because you know, very often they will follow behind you, and sometimes they'll crisscross the roads after, you, after you're walking down and your backs are toward them, you're not looking around, so they'll crisscross the road and follow you and see what you're doing. So there was 11 of us. Well, me and my, my other partner, uh, we decided to peel back and just kind of stand around in, in the dark. I had my thermal and see if anything's following us. So knocks, bam, 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 bam. Three groups of three. That's the nine people that were still together. Bam, bam. That's me and my partner pulling back. Different cadence and more spacing in between the knocks. When we rejoin the group, Bam, 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 bam. Same cadence, mm -hmm. but I mean, same cadence for all, all, all four sets of knocks. When we had peeled away from the group, it was a different cadence and there was more of a gap with me and my partner peeling back. It was bam, bam. Right. Nine so, people so, together. So they were using like the space between the knocks to show that there's distance between you and the other people. Yeah, the two people peel back. Huh. I can't prove it, but they were all there, and they were all. And we brought it. And you, when you go on these expeditions, you know, the next morning after you've been out on night ops and you have breakfast and you, you all meet at camp and you talk about what you you know happened the night before. It's a great way to go over things and agree and disagree on witnesses and what we can do and what we're going to do and all that kind of stuff. And everybody just went, "Oh my god, that well." Yeah, that makes sense. And another group, because there was 20 or 30 people there. I don't remember. It was a pretty good sized group. There was another group that was on a different trail doing something somewhere else entirely that night, too. And there was like six or seven. And they noticed, they said, oh, my God, that happened to us last night. It was just like an aha moment. And so they can count. Oftentimes, when you pull up to a place before you even get out of your car, you're supposed to turn on your recorder because a lot of times you'll hear a bam. There's a human in the neighborhood. Or if there's two of you, bam, bam. It, it, it's signaling that there's two humans in the area. I've had several reports. I mean, I, I had a, a report. It was an awesome report. That was the same thing. And they said it before I even brought it up. You know, that we're being counted, you know. You, you you can't take a creature that lives by nature alone and say that they have no way of communicating 
uh, with intruders or other things that are going on in the woods. You just, you can say it, but it's, it's baloney, you know, because it, it, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I, of course, I want it to be true, but it is true when that gifting took place and he, uh, they counted how many people. There were six rocks and there were six of us. And that was a year before. They knew it was he and I coming back and they memorialized it by gifting and they told us. And I, I'll send you some pictures if you want them. Yeah, I'll just see. It, it is just, when I look at it, I'm going, I mean, I, I you know, you know that feeling when you you get chills when you yeah. just go, you come to a realization. I, I, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's, you know, it's, if it's a, a movie or it's a feeling with you and your spouse or mm-hmm. a feeling, a feeling of you know, of fear and a, you saw a, a ghost and you know something's there. It was just, it was that that defined many things for me uh, as a researcher. So when you asked me earlier, am I on the field? Hell yeah, I'm in the field. I'm the guy that spends more time in the field and I have a very understanding <laughs> wife who lets me uh, go out and I dedicated the book to her. I said, you know, if you ever want me to quit, I'll just, you know, I'll sell all my equipment, grow a garden. She's, you know, but she gets to stay home and watch, you know, binge watch TV. Mm-hmm. And she's just as happy when I'm gone as when I'm here. I think. <laughs> but see, but it's just like one thing like that. I've been doing this you know, 12 years. Well, there's been other things, but that convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt. You could tell me all day long. You could have a Sasquatch sitting in front of you. Says we don't count. We don't. We don't count. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do count because that's what you just did. You just memorialized our visit and our return. To that's the whole thing. You know, the two rocks was me and my partner. Yeah. The five and the one is me and the group of four. And my guy that stayed back both nights, but in different places. That's great. They, they knew that. And our camp was 12 to 15 miles from this area we went to. Mm-hmm. So they knew that. They knew how many people there were. And they memorialized it because he wasn't there. Isn't that cra- it's just crazy. It is crazy. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, it is, it's mind-blowing, you know. And I'm... The, I'll, I'll probably just send you one or two, but I'll send you the two, two rocks and the five. Okay. But you, you'll just see it. And, you know, it, it could just be, and I, 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 I acquiesce that it is possible. And, and when I'm working on my notes or a book or whatever it turns into uh, that the, there are possibilities. Yeah, and human intervention is obvious. I mean, what else would do that? You know, rocks don't fall out of the trees. No. You know, they don't fall out of the air. So somebody, some being put them there, you know. Now, maybe there was a seventh rock they put in the middle and a squirrel walking by the tree knocked it off or a deer or something. But this happened overnight. You know, that's the whole thing. It happened, you know, there was nothing there. Then the next day I came back to get my cameras and they were there. You know, you just have to do the math and it just doesn't make sense any other way. So, you know, and there's a lot of examples and any, any researchers who've been at this for a while, I had a guy uh, talking to me the other day on, on Facebook. He said, uh, I've known they can count for 45 years. So it's not like I'm the first one to bring it up, but 
I've got some awesome proof in a, you know, a blow by blow. And it was one year to the, almost to the day, literally, it was literally one day, uh, you know, one year to the day like that I was there the year before with the expedition and then we went back. It was, it was just, it's just mind blowing. It's just like, you know, in all I found was a bunch of rocks stacked on a tree, but it just made my, my year, <laughs> you know, I'm easily amused apparently. That's, but, that's yeah. wild. That is so wild. Yeah. So, so out of the people that you've interviewed, cause, cause I know you've done a lot. You've said you talked to lots of people and heard lots of stories. What is one that really sticks out the most? Well, I have some, uh, ongoing habituations where they're speaking to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're showing their family to them. Uh, I can go visit a couple of my people just about any time. Just call them up. Hey, I'm coming out. I'd like to come out. I don't know. Come on out. Let's go. <laughs> and I, we sit on the front porch. One of my people, we sit on the front porch their house they live on gosh about 200 acres in the flat ass in the middle of nowhere and uh they just listen to the sasquatch across the road probably 30 to 40 yards away maybe i'll do a whoop i'll get one back just clear as a bell and do knocks and they'll knock back and you can hear them, just like I heard them that night on the expedition, running up and, and getting in place like they're, they're running up and sitting down to watch the human show. They watch <laughs> the stupid humans across the street with their lights shining on them, uh, you know, throw, st- throw stuff in the woods and do whoops and calls and hope that we you know, chatter back at them. And that's what happens. And these, these people experience these beings i would say once a week and we'll call and we'll just be chatting one time and we'll just i'll just call and keep up and see what's going on with the family and stuff and yeah i went down to walmart i went and got a haircut oh yeah bobby saw a sasquatch this morning while he's walking the dog i forgot to <laughs> i mean it happens it's such a, a a regular occurrence they have gifting you know i got a, a photo sent to me month ago, six weeks ago, Christmas-ish, of a rock that I had left on their porch. Because they take meticulous care of their yard, meticulous. It's like a golf green. And But there'll be rocks that appear there in the middle of the night. Overnight, all of a sudden, there's rocks in the garden, in the yard. Where do these rocks come from? I mean, like, you could eat off their lawn. It would qualify as a putting green seriously he's just you know very meticulous with his yard work and so there'll be rocks just appear in the yard out of nowhere and he just mowed and then there's rocks so they're they're putting rocks out there so they start you know gifting they start stacking the rocks in their garden then the rock would end up on the uh a porch so there was a rock on the porch and so i took a rock and put it on the porch next to it and it's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a picture of the top of a Sasquatch head. Uh, it, they picked up a camera and looked right in it. 
and laid it down. Once they realized what it was, it was too late. Click, got the top of the head. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got a copy of it. It's yeah, like I'd love to see that holy, one too. Holy crap! But I mean, it, it, those the habituation things. There's uh, so many things going on with some of these folks, and uh, that's the most. That, that's those are the most fascinating things. Is uh, virtually no one knows about them. They don't tell anybody. Nobody comes out there. Uh, and one of the stories uh, that's in the book you have, it's one of my habituation folks, um, the, their mother lived with them uh, for a while on a trailer. Uh, they, you know, they put a trailer, her trailer, they moved a trailer out on the property since she lived across the street and down a little bit so she could have a little privacy. And uh, she had a dog that um was her you know her her buddy she was you know her husband had died so it was her dog and her was, that's all there was in the world plus her you know her, her daughter and son-in-law and so uh one night uh and there was a pack of dogs there's a, every community has a little pack of wild dogs that run around and they run in the woods well uh these dogs there's a pack of dogs four or five of them they're really kind of mean and snarling and nasty and uh, they were barking and snarling at this little dog that was out uh, taking it, doing its business before she went to bed. And these dogs were growling and wanting to get at it. Couldn't get, they couldn't get to it because of the gate. So uh, the mother, uh, the grandmother, their, their mother, the grandmother was out, you know, y'all shut up, you leave my dog alone. All of a sudden a voice comes out, this big roar, and it was kind of gibberish roar. And, shut the dogs up they ran they never saw the dogs there ever again it was it was <coughs> like a monkey roar that's what she said it was a monkey ape-like roar which they'd heard before but this was uh -huh. specifically aimed at the dogs so the dogs disappeared never to be seen again well uh, her dog finally passes away and um they bury it out in front of her trailer and then on the year anniversary she went and planted flowers all around the grave. It was kind of a big dog. There's about 14 or 15 flowers all around the grave, just mm -hmm. kind of even based. The next night after they planted the flowers, they wake up the next morning, all the flowers are pulled up, laid neatly, root included, by the hole. All the flowers are facing in toward the body. Oh, wow. Sasquatch probably bury their dead when they can, if they're on the same plane. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want their body to be found. Well, you stupid human, you buried your, your pet you love. You don't want people to find the body. So we're going to pull up the flowers. Like they're doing a favor. Yeah. Now, how weird is that? And these people are devout Christians. I believe them more than I believe most people I know because they're just they're not that type you know mm -hmm. it's just and they're anonymous they don't want anything they you know they they love that they have a researcher that comes out and embraces what they're going through and believes it and i i don't question i question some things just to give them a point of view that well you know this is if i was going to discount this this is how i do it i would find fault with this this and this and so they understand it because that's what you know researcher does you you've got to you know look at everything and find reasons why there might be another explanation for what you're seeing or hearing. So, but Sasquatch 
if they bury their dead or they cannibalize them or they die somewhere else, you, you know the theory about why don't we find a body, you know, when yeah. all, you know yeah. scavengers. Uh, you know, I think we have bodies, but like we talked earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do. Well, you know, uh, there's a place in Tennessee. It's called the Body Farm. I think you may have heard of it. There, it, it if you if you Google the Body Farm, they do experiments, but they take cadavers, uh, you know, uh, bodies donated from uh, morgues mm-hmm. and unclaimed bodies, and people donate the bodies to science, uh, and and cows, horses, whatever. They put them out in different uh, terrains, and they see how long it takes a human body to decompose. So it helps with crime investigation and stuff like that. And you get the flies and the maggots and the larva, uh, you know, and the moths and stuff doing the different types of disintegration of the bodies, you know. And so they they can have a rough idea how long it takes. And so anywhere from five to 10 days, a human body is completely gone. You know, uh, you know, the scavengers, the possums, the coons and other uh, animals that get all the bones, get all the marrow and get the protein. Uh, then the, you know, the flies lay their eggs in there and the, 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 the maggots eat the, the, the flesh and feed off of it and it just turns in the, the, the fur is eaten by whoever and it's the gone. So in, in five to 10 days, a body is gone. So if a squatch is gonna go somewhere and die, if it's sick, you're gonna go hide until you get better. Well, if you don't get better and you do die, well, you're hidden. So no one's gonna find you anyway, you know? And then when they do find you, they're gonna eat it and disperse it and it's gone. So bodies don't take long to completely disperse, but, you know, they don't want their bodies found. And so I think they were imposing their philosophy on my witnesses, mother or the grandma, as they called her by, well, you don't want people to find your dog. We save a little dog's life by chasing off the big pack of dogs. So we know that's your pet, you love it. So we don't want anybody to find it. So we're going to pull flowers up because everybody's going to know where the dog's buried. I mean, what other logic is there? It's interesting. What's interesting about some of these stories are, even though they don't want us to be able to find them, it, it, it still seems like they still are a little bit protective of humans in some ways. To a degree. Well, I think they pick and choose. Like she was a little old lady, even though she was, you know, a feisty old, old broad, according mm-hmm. to everybody. She was a feisty old broad and she could fire a gun. And, you know, even though she was old and frail, she was still, you know, full of vim and vinegar, as they say. And so I think they pick and choose ones. You hear a lot of stories about injured hunters, lost children that are befriended and saved and, kept safe until the humans can find them. Uh, some of those uh, uh, stories of the, the kid, what was it, Carolinas last year, two years ago during the winter, he was dead of winter. And yeah, I remember that. They found him, he said, a bear uh, took care of me and he, he placed me in the middle of this big thorny thicket where nobody could get to him. He couldn't get out, but the uh, search party found him and he shouldn't have survived. It was you know freezing or below. six seven year old kid you hear about that so i I think they you know i think they adopt us you know some some humans because you know you hear about these things you know Uh, there's a story dora bradley here in missouri that her dad uh was an alcoholic he was a drunk uh and he wrecked the car she watched the sasquatch carry him up to the front porch of their house and leave him 
because he had been in a wreck and he wrecked the car and he was shit-faced drunk. Excuse my language there. But anyway, so the point is they knew it was a person in need mm-hmm. and they helped the person, even though we're humans and we are not the, really the kindest people to the earth and the animals on the planet. They find it within themselves to help us out. So it's just a fascinating overview of the things that are going on. And I haven't even scratched the surface, but you know, my gifting thing, I think is pretty cool. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so, I'm just giddy with that one because I'm just going, oh my God, that just was so specific, you know? So they communicate, they count, they communicate, they're communicating with each other with these structures and everything. And we just don't know what they mean yet. You know, I think there's some Native American symbology in there that's probably, you know, uh, you know, adequate enough to explain some of the more simple structures, teepees, you know, um, I go to an area that I have, it's a research area, and there's a teepee there, and sometimes they've added sticks to them, and they've taken them away, and then they've added them, and then they put a rock circle in the middle of the teepee, then it's gone. Now, it's a public place. Humans can do that. But you only have two choices. Opposable thumbs mm-hmm. and humans or Sasquatch. I mean, you, you know, and, and so, but I, I've been there and overnight there's been a, a stick or two added or subtracted. That's how you know, well, there, unless there's somebody roaming around the forest, camping out here like I am, and wants to come by my camp at 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, stick a couple of poles up on his teepee and sneak back to your camp. Okay, I'm not buying that. When I say it, I can't even say that without snickering. So, you know, that's not a possibility. So what what are the other possibilities? You know, so you just have, it's, it's a, you know, trial and error and, you know, deducting that all the things that are possible and then you're left with just a couple of things and only one of them really makes the makes the cut it's the Occam's razor thing you know yeah there's so much stuff going on out there you know it's just it's it blows me away i you know i can't wait to get out there and you know do it every day do it every night do it every week i look mm-hmm. forward to trip trip out to to some of my areas cuz i know I have the best possible chance of finding something or hearing something or seeing something because it's been active many times. I think they might know me. You know, there's areas I go to. I've got some people that turn me on to these areas and they hunt those areas regularly. They have regular interactions with these creatures when they're hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they know them, you know, because they are not recreational hunters. They hunt to feed their family only. Uh, but they would like to take their kill because it's sure beats running down a deer when I can steal your kill off the tree. You're hanging it up and gutting it and uh, letting it bleed out. Well, I, when you go to bed and I'm going to take that deer, <laughs> go carry it off and have dinner for my family for the next week, you know? So, I mean, but there's people that are interacting on a regular basis, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's just a fascinating thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, like I say, I, I've never questioned their existence. And, um, you know, I, I hope to be able to reach a point in my life where, you know, I can spend some time out looking, you know, and have some experience of my own. 
Because mm-hmm. it, it's funny because because like mine all my fascination with this stuff all started with the in search of show and yeah. and, and, and seeing the Patterson Gimlin video, which, yeah. which 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 is still I think one of my favorite is the best piece of evidence so far. Um, it, it, there's no way it could be disproven. There's no way it was hoaxed. Um, it, it's incredible, really. And, and ever yeah. since seeing that, I've just been been blown away. Like that, that's something out there. It, there's there's some other human life creature that that's walking around in a forest, and uh, it just kind of hides from us. And we might be related. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Some way, shape, or form. You know. Yeah, I, I've heard a, uh, a story from a hunter. Who said he came across the squash and he pointed his gun at it and he looked at it like right in the eyes. He's like, "This would be murder," mm-hmm. and, and he couldn't do yeah. it. Yep, they look too human. I've heard that many, many times. I, I had it. I could have shot it. I, I had it in my crossbow. I'm looking right at it. It was too human. I couldn't do it. Yeah, you hear that a lot, and. Uh, it's true, you know, and a lot of the descriptions are human-like, black skin, brown skin, uh, gray, but it's human-looking. It is a human, it, it's a man. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, an ape that looks like a human. It's human-looking. You know, it, it, it's, it's different. They're not a dumb ape. They're smart. They're advanced. If I take all the quantum and all the, all the other possibilities into account, which I do because I can't discount it. If I can discount something, I will. But if I can't, I got to put it in the pot and boil it down and see what's there. And so maybe they have uh, some powers. Maybe they just appear to have the powers because we are in shock. Uh, you know, but they exist. They're real things. you know. And science and the government is doing their best to keep us at bay until yet another secret is out, like the UFO. Mm-hmm. And there'll be another secret after that, you know, uh, and who knows what it'll be. Uh, <laughs> but this, because it uh, rings true to me that we may be related, uh, you know, biologically, physiologically, or otherwise, it, it, it drives me every day. You know, it's just like, fascinating the same thing that drives you every day with any of the paranormal stuff you know dog man ufos ghosts any of that stuff there's so much we don't know and we just discount because it doesn't make sense why doesn't that make sense because we're told it doesn't make sense because we're told <laughs> that you know uh, the teachers who taught the teachers who taught the teachers who taught the teachers who taught you that was five teachers well that's 25 years per generation that's 125 years of teaching us that things can't be. Add another three generations. There's 200 years of misinformation that things can't be because we say so. Yeah. So you grow up thinking that, you know, and it's not your teacher's fault because they believed it too, to a point. They're handed the books and this is what you teach Johnny in sixth grade right here. There you go. That's what we're teaching. Well, we've learned so much since I was a kid. Like, Almost everything that I was taught in high school about human history mm-hmm. has not, is now all incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> all or, the, all the days of, of like when humans appeared, all archaeology, um, 
the anthropology, it, everything yeah. that I learned 30, 40 years ago in school is now garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all, it, it, it's a fluid thing. Uh, but they would have you believe they, being science and the government, would have you believe that it's all pretty much the same. That, you know, this, this, this can change, but these things are permanent, non-fluid, rigid, and they will never change. Well, that's baloney. When you tell me something can't be, that's the thing I'm going to look into, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I went back to this one area, uh, because uh, you tell me people are scared to death. Nobody goes there. Uh, there's all kinds of stories and tales about this place. Well, where in the hell do you think I'm going to go? I'm going there because you tell me I can't go there because nobody goes there because they're scared to death because there's something weird in the woods. Well, okay, that can't exist. So if it doesn't exist, nothing's going to hurt me. So I'm going to go see. And boom, there's something there. Bunch of rocks on a log. <laughs> no, there's Carter. There's Harry. There's the four expedition goers. There's everybody. And they're just, they're tapping me on the shoulder and, and they're seeing if you're paying attention, you know, somebody can look at that and just go, well, that's weird. Bunch of rocks on there. must've been some, you know, some, some tree huggers or nature lovers, or somebody just wanting to, you know, speak to the birds and the chipmunks and I'm going to put some rocks here and gift them. And, uh, you know, I've done my bit to be one in peace with the, the forest and the creatures, you know, well, okay, that's possible, but numerically speaking, there's a whole other story going here. And you can walk by that a thousand times and think nothing of it as if you're walking down the woods and you see that, you might think nothing of it. Or, you know, just go, that's kind of odd. But you, then you keep moving, you keep going, you think nothing of it. But you get some dreamer like me, I'm going, no, 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 this is a clue. No, but they're counting. Oh my God. Here, that, that's me. That's me right there. That's a big rock there. That's me. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Never thought of myself as a rock, but that's cool. You know, I used to play rock music, so maybe you know, maybe there's a symbology there. I'm just kidding. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, it, I know. some aha moments, and you've had them, and I've had them, and I'm going to have some more. You're going to have some more. Yeah. So, so anyway, man, it, it, this was great. I, I really love talking to you today. Thanks for for coming on. Oh, this is really cool. So, so when do I get the check? Uh, it'll be in the mail. I promise. Okay, I'm waiting for it, like the stimulus yeah. checks, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The stimulus text. My, my mine actually says it's kind of funny. I mean, it's way off topic, but I, <laughs> I, I I checked mine yesterday and it says I won't get it until I file my taxes for 2021. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get ours. You know, uh, but, but I changed uh, I changed banks, and so. When I got the other checks, they uh, they sent them to my bank. Well, mm -hmm. we've sw since switched banks, and they won't send them to you. Uh, automatic deposit, they're going to mail them because you can't change banks. Too much room for fraud, and I get it. So uh, they'll come in the mail. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't change banks or anything. I had gotten the other one, but I don't know. I mean, I don't care. It's only six hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, no, you know, it's, but it, it's, it's money. It does help. I can't, you know, not, you know, there's people that need it far worse than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, what I want to, I want, you know, the, the people in need to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And, you know, and I, I really wish that I could do something in the alt altruistic part of me is going to find something I can do, you know, uh, you know, my wife and I flip houses uh, until that market kind of dried up. 
here. And so I thought about, you know, doing some Habitat for Humanity and building, you know, help building a house yeah. or helping somebody who has a house they own that's in really bad shape and going out and doing something with it. So, you mm-hmm. know, something along that line. But yeah, we're off topic. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. And I enjoyed this. This is really cool. And, you know, we'd love to see the link. And if you ever want to chat again, you know, we could, you know, boil it down to a specific, you know, topic within the, the Sasquatch thing or yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, I would absolutely love that. You, you, I'd love to have you back, and you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd, I'd be glad to do it. I'd, Great. You know, um, so, so before we uh, finish up, where can my listeners find you? Okay, um, to buy my book, a black and white version, or the Kindle version, go to Amazon. You know, uh, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma is available on Amazon in the Kindle and a black and white version. Now, the color version that I have that I sell myself, uh, you can get me at www.relichominid.com. And you can order the book, and it's Relic Hominid, R-E-L-I-C-H-O-M-I-N-I-D.com. And uh, it's PayPal. You just send the money. I fill the orders the same day and I take them to the post office and mail them and you get your book. I sign all my books, all the, all the color books, you know, I, I, I sign them. Uh, I don't sell them on uh, Amazon, like I said, because they're too expensive yeah. in my eye for you'd spend close to 40 bucks with shipping just to get this book. And I can sell it to you for 22 bucks plus shipping. So it's, it's, it's cheaper, you know, and then that way I can stay in touch with uh, the people that are buying the book. A lot of them, you know, and I, I put a business card in it and some other literature in there that I have. Um, so that's how you can get a hold of me. And I've got my email on there. It's sqexplorer at gmail, just like it sounds, sqexplorer at gmail.com. If you've got any questions or, you know, photos you want to share or anything like that, you know, you can you know, contact me that way. But, uh, I return all my calls, all my emails. I'm pretty uh, accessible, you know, whether you like it or not. I'm call <laughs> <you> that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's great to be able to get a hold of people and be able to talk about and share our experiences with these type of topics. Yeah, and I have people reaching out to me that have heard, you know, various podcasts. They'll they'll call or they email. Hey, I heard you the other night, and blah blah blah. You know, we we get under talking about something, and they you know it answers some questions. And some people, some of these witnesses, uh, you know, they've had life changing event. I mean, serious life changing. You have a face to face encounter with one of these beings that is nearly twice your height and triple your size. It changes you, and they sometimes they can't talk. They're ridiculed by their spouses and friends and coworkers and other family members, and they just shut up. They got nowhere to go. So if you got, you know, if you had an experience, uh, call me, email me, talk to me, you know, uh, buy a book and I'll, you know, we'll converse back and forth. I, I love talking to people and, and sharing what I think and what I've seen and, you know, it gives them an outlet to get it off their chest, you know, because sometimes they just can't tell the people that are closest to them, which is really sad, you know. Uh, but, you know, people are, are really ridiculed for some of this stuff. And it's amazing yeah. how many people still don't believe these creatures are there. But they are. They're there. <laughs> you can't deny the evidence. Yep. 
That's fantastic. And, and now what I'll do too is I'm going to post links to your website, to the book on uh, to your book on Amazon, and I'll put your email in there also in the notes mm-hmm. of this episode, so my uh, listeners can uh, check you out and buy your book and contact you. Mm-hmm. Now I've emailed you, so you've got links to the Amazon and to my website. Mm-hmm. My signature, you've got that on there. So if you ever need that link, it's yep. it's in one of our emails we've been going back and forth with. So it's it's there. Yeah, I always just include that stuff in the notes because I know people listen, and they yeah. don't have a pen handy, so they know that they can always just go back to this episode, hit the yeah. notes section, and go right into it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I've totally enjoyed this, and uh, anytime, Gary, ever you know, I, I enjoyed talking and sharing this uh, stuff, and it's it's just fascinating and. You know, uh, it's, you know, it's never ending. I got all kinds of uh, stories and tales, but, you know, I really like to get into the nuts and bolts of some of the, the things to look out for and things I've experienced and things I, you know, I, I personally believe and things I am definitely considering as possibilities, if not outright believing, you know, but you, you just have to. And there's a lot of, uh, like I said, there's a lot of closed minds in the, uh, in the Sasquatch world. Everybody has their specific beliefs. And they stick to it, you know. But you've got to expand yourself. You've got to you got to go out on a limb and and you know believe that there are other things out there. Uh, not believe, but at least consider. You may not believe it, but at least consider it as a possibility if you can't explain it yourself. Yeah. Uh, you just you know, and you can do it in private. You can consider all this stuff, and nobody has to know it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, Nobody has to know that you have an open mind, you know. Nobody has to know you believe in Sasquatch. You just keep it to yourself. But, you know, uh, if you need someone to talk to about it, I'll talk to it, and I won't broadcast it to the world. We are a little secret. (laughs) There's nothing more dangerous than an open mind. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's a horrible thing to have. You know, it's horrible. You know, it's gotten me in so much trouble. It's gotten me in so much trouble, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like being in trouble. Oh, yeah, I do, too. That's why I do this. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks for being on. And just hang on one second. I just have to play the outro. Okie doke. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise. To support the costs of producing this podcast, click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot, you can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.